I don't know about you, but throughout my business journey, I've learned that having strong relationships with both customers and employees is one of the key factors for success. But how do you create those strong relationships and make money in the process? Today, I'm chatting with Roy Kowalski from Out There Branding, who believes it all comes down to listening. It's about being curious and asking lots of questions and actually listening to what they actually want, because then you can match them up with solutions that will have them walking away with an extremely positive experience and turn them into your raving fans. I know you're going to love this episode, which kicks off the month's theme of outside-the-box marketing. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Marketing Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. The show features a beautiful blend of guest and solo episodes covering marketing and business growth topics, as well as ways to improve your physical, mental, and emotional self. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, a health and wellness copywriter and content marketing trainer who's here to help perfect your message, then find the right channels to send it out into the scary online world with the ultimate goal of making heard and seen by your ideal client. So feel free to book in a free 50-minute chat with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today, I'm joined by my guest, Roy Kowalski. Welcome, Roy. Thank you so much, Leanne. I'm very, very happy to be here. Good to have you. And I did I pronounce your surname right? You did a great job, yes. Perfect. Great. So I'll just introduce you uh, to the audience and so know exactly who you are. So Roy is a CEO and customer engagement strategist, which is a great title. For Roy, offering help is more important than just getting your business. For the past few years, that mantra has defined his work and he considers himself fortunate to have had the opportunity to put it into practice with others. Because Roy was raised in a beautiful family and environment by two wonderful parents, both of them, to his benefit, model the significance of assisting others. They used to be members of a service group and he used to go to the events there. And from there, he learned what it meant to help the less fortunate. Roy would then take underprivileged youngsters away for the weekend to offer them a break from their hardships, show compassion, and allow them to experience acceptance. So in Roy's personal and professional life, the give-first approach has just come naturally. It's just beautiful. And I thought before we delve too much in, I want to hear more about working with the underprivileged youth. Like what what was that like? Like from where maybe when you started it, and what kind of experiences do you have? That's you know you've taken into uh, what you do these days. Well, um, I was very fortunate, you know, in my in my twenties, um, that I had this opportunity to work with underprivileged people. Um, you, you know, the thing is, we, we get caught up in our own little webs. You know, we get caught up in our own little worlds. Um, and, you know, how often do we not hear people say, oh, I've got it so hard. You know, things are just not working out the way I want them to. Um, but what working with underprivileged, and I mean underprivileged, um, it wasn't necessarily just people that didn't have 
It was people that came, you know, children specifically that came from broken homes, from homes that had abusive parents, that had alcoholic parents, you know, drug-related um, parents, um, parents that, you know, that didn't care about them from foster homes. So these were kids that, you know, that didn't have a normal upbringing like you and I. Um, and what I, what I learned from, from this, um, which was a lesson that I've carried through my whole life, um, is that when we start to see what others have to deal with, we start realizing how lucky we are to have what we've got. And that's probably the, probably the, the, the most important lesson that I ever learned from working with underprivileged you know, people and children. Um, I, um, I've also worked with, um, with um, less fortunate adults. Um, we, we took away some, some really underprivileged um, adults, and I'm talking about in their 60s, um, we took them Christmas shopping one year, and there was one lady that came along then. And please don't get me wrong; I never saw it myself, but the but the female members of our group told me this: that when they um, undressed to be able to, you know, fit on clothing, like the woman's bra was held together with string. Yeah. Now, my point is not that they saw them undressed, but when you see how other people have to deal with things because they don't have it make I'm actually welling up at the moment as I'm talking to you um, is that when you see that, I mean, those girls that saw this old lady, you know, take off her dress so that she could try on something new and she had her bra held together by with string. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. So the point I'm making is that it's, when you can help somebody like that lady, just one example, and you can buy her two new bras, a set of you know underwear, um, and a couple of new dresses, and some slacks and some tops, and it costs you whatever hundred, two hundred dollars per person, you really get a sense of that you've helped somebody. You get a warm feeling inside that you have done something for that person that they hadn't had before. And that is the ethos of what I have taken through my life. And it's it's a thread that I've woven into my business in the same way, is I get a far more pleasure out of seeing a satisfied and happy customer than the dollar amount of money that I've made on the job. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I'm you do get caught up in your little bubble all the time. You don't know what other people are going through. You're often so caught up in your own world. And they're the first world problems that people complain about. I'm very good at just shooting those out these days when someone starts whinging about something. Like, really? <laughs> um, that's just, yeah, I can imagine those experiences would really affect you and um, be game-changing. Yeah, I got yeah, I got chills just thinking about how she would have felt afterwards after getting new new bras, new clothes, like, I know how, how great I feel when I get a new, you know, new top. But when it's been that long and things are falling apart, that just means just takes them to a whole other level. Now, uh, as, as I say, the, the intention wasn't to talk about someone being undressed. The, no, the intention no, it, was yeah. was to say that under that dress yeah. was 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 underwear that was absolutely not usable by a normal human being. But because they didn't have, that's how they, that's how they had to live. 
Um, and I and I suppose probably you know, living in Australia, um, we live in a first world country. The things that people you know whinge about and moan about are so insignificant. If they had to just walk across the road and see someone that doesn't have, and I, I, I suppose that's probably the you know that's something that that I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity because I. It's, it's, it's always kept me grounded that um, whatever I have, um, I'm grateful for. And yes, I will also moan as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm a moaner as well. We well, all are. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I remind yeah. myself on a regular, regular basis how lucky I am to have what I've got. Yes, and uh, the episode a few weeks ago with um, Ali about gratitude, um, I've had a lot of great feedback of that actually about just uh, she has a little method of, uh, you know, saying to her cousin and mum every day a little video of the three gratefuls and they do the same and it just keeps her, yeah, it keeps her grounded about what's going well, you know. Um, I love it, I love it. Um, so, yeah, can you share a little bit more about your business journey? Like where did it all begin? Well, as you can hear from my accent, you know, I have a, a South African accent because I, I grew up most of my life in, in South Africa, but I emigrated to Australia 14 years ago, um, and um, I, I am an Australian citizen. I support everything about Australia, um, you know, even going through to the sport, even if they play South Africa. I, I still, you know, this is my home. This is where I earn a livelihood, and this is where, you know, I like to think that I'm an Australian. Like, in fact, um, I say this to Australians um, on a regular basis. You know, you were born here. I made a choice to come here. So I chose to come and be an Australian. I wasn't born as an Australian. Um, so um, my journey um, has been in 14 years in Australia is building up um, a business in a foreign country, um, you know, with no network to start. Um, and and building this relationship, a based business, and building a trust. Um, so you know, in the early days, yeah, of course I struggled. You know, of course I, you know, we all human beings. You know, building relationships is is not a it's not a sprint. You know, it's a marathon. So um, I think that now, when I look back, that that's probably the single most important thing about building this business has been that I've built great relationships uh, you know with with people that that want to work with me and my business and that will refer me and my business to other people uh, um, I will get a, a phone call in a week probably conservatively two or three times a week from new people to say um, ABC said that you did this for them you know we'd like to work with you. Now um, that that is a good sign, uh, and I'm not trying to you know uh, you know talk myself up. That's a good sign because y you're not in the competing market based on price. Um, I, I tend to walk away from people that are price driven because the value that I bring, and I'm we're going to come to that as well. The value that I bring uh, as a as a supplier, you know. A, a customer engagement strategist is that I don't just offer products. Uh, we, and as I say, we're going to come to this conversation. I don't just offer products. I offer um, a solution based on a strategy that helps to achieve an outcome. 
and and that is probably my point of difference. Yeah, and I love that idea. I mean, this month it's all about uh, outside the box marketing. That's the theme for the podcast, and so I really liked this approach. And I think it's, it's really important because quite often it's all. Um, well, look, I know a lot of business owners get caught up in the. You know, I've said this on the podcast before. We were weighing all over themselves, you know, saying we do this and we do that, and thinking, you know, uh, rather than thinking in reverse and thinking. I think you were saying in when we're chatting about reverse engineering the process, thinking about the customer first. And um, I mean, that actually ties me into the, the first question about, I know you've got some great core pillars and one of them is curiosity, which I guess takes you to finding out more about them, uh, responsiveness, kindness and giving. Uh, we talked a little bit about, the, I guess, the kindness, uh, but can you talk a little bit more through those? Absolutely. Well, let me start with, with the word curiosity because, um, you know, Traditionally, um, marketing and branding people, uh, and particularly promotional product companies, um, they will, they, I call them transactional. So what happens is a transactional promotional company will have a website with a million and one images of different products. And what they'll do is they'll say, you know, have a look at my website, see what you like, and I'll give you a price. Now, my logic is, um, when when somebody runs a business, they concentrate on their core business and they leave the the gifting outcomes to people like me. So and they don't know what they I, want, right? They don't they go, oh, I think I need a pen, but do they actually need a pen or is it something else? Okay, right. So that's exactly what I'm coming to. And that is the curiosity aspect is that you learn nothing while your mouth is moving. I'm going to repeat that. You learn nothing when your mouth is moving. So the key is to listen to others. And that's where the curiosity comes in. The more you listen, the more you hear. The more you listen, the more you can understand what people are looking, you know, what their outcomes are. Um, And I say that uh, listening is one thing. Being curious is one thing. Um, There are two kinds of listening which are really, really important. The one is listening to respond, which is absolutely not what I do, because when you listen to respond, you hear nothing because you're actually working out your response. But in, but in, 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 uh, in contra, you know, in, in the opposite of that, listening to understand and listening to hear is probably the most important thing because when I engage with new customers, that's why I call myself an engagement customer engagement strategist. Because when you engage with new potential customers, what, what you're doing is you're, you're asking them questions to take them down a path to find out where it is that they have pain points. Where are the stumbling blocks for them? And once you know the stumbling blocks, then you can come up with a solution. If you put the solution before you know what the stumbling blocks are, how do you know it's going to solve the stumbling blocks? So that's where curiosity comes from. And that's, you know, that's really, for me, is probably the most important aspect of, um, you know, of the process is listening. Um, so the, the, my business tagline is creating memorable experiences to deliver profitable outcomes. So what what I try and do is I try and listen 
to be able to come up with 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 what the outcome of what my customers, stroke potential customers, are looking for. And then what I do is I try and align a particular product with what they can achieve that outcome. Um, and then I, I, I put a strategy with it of how it will work. Um, and that's how I achieve outcomes. And that's why the, the tagline finishes with um, delivering profitable outcomes. Outcomes is not good enough. Nobody wants to, you know, spend uh, a dollar on a promotional gift and then get nothing back. You know, we want to spend a dollar so that we can make something. And that's why the word profitable outcomes is a key focus in my business. Yeah, and then you also need to find out what's a profit for them, what would you know be success from purchasing. The, yeah, everything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, profitable outcomes doesn't necessarily have to be dollars. It can be, you know, this that they that they got goodwill from it. It could be that they they you know that their custom that the customers it was a thank you to them. It could be a thank you to their staff, which. So let's just let's just delve into that. So you give your staff, you know, something that's really valuable, something that's useful, and something they'll remember you by. That transforms into better productivity in the workplace. Now, I mean, I'm sure you would have heard a story like this before. Is um, companies that give out the most useless and hopeless and unuseful gifts to their staff. At the end of every year, they give everybody something that is absolutely hopeless. And I'm talking about hopeless that is no good for them. So what have they actually done? They've created more bad feelings from their staff. By doing nothing, they would have kept your staff neutral. Yeah, actually, this reminded me because um, a few years back, my husband and I were involved in, uh, we volunteered to organize a, a, a sports carnival. And my husband was actually like the leader of the whole carnival, including interstate students and everything like that, like 500 kids. And his gift at the end as a thank you was, I kid you not, a phone stand, which was just like an L-shaped metal thing with an engraved thank you or something. And we're like, what? Yes, <laughs> having hours of work with it just, I'm like, just put your phone on the table. You don't need a stand. Like it wasn't a charge or anything. It was just a stand. So yeah, the wrong thing. So yeah, right, I rest my case. So <laughs> yeah, is that the the what you know the feeling that your husband had from that was more negative than anything else. If he got nothing, yeah. you know, um, th th there's no question. It's just you know, it's 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 absolutely it's mind blowing to give something. You know, I've I've had some of the most incredible stories. Um, you know, of of people getting the most insignificant items and then being absolutely, you know, uh, uh, sort of, you know, they've had more negative feeling towards the company than good. So, what have you actually achieved? Yeah. Um, what what we would what what I would normally do is I will sit down with with um a you know a, a potential customer and say, look. If you're going to give your staff something, I'm just using this as a particular example. Um, you know, if you're going to give your staff something, let's let's debate it. Um, one of one of my customers wanted to give their staff Christmas gifts, 
Uh, and they, they said to me, what do you think? Um, and so what I did was I phoned up like five or six of their key staff members. And I said to them, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And I got consensus as what really would be good for them. And we proposed, I proposed these two particular Christmas gifts for the staff. Um, and when he gave it to, when he gave the staff their gifts, he called me up on the Monday after the weekend. He had his staff function Christmas party. This is before COVID. Um, he had his staff Christmas party on the weekend. And he called me up Monday and said, how did you know that these would be so useful? And the answer was, well, I that's awesome. business. Yeah. <laughs> and, awesome. and yeah, so here's the thing. Here's the, and that particular aspect, what we did was we did a barbecue set, which was branded on the outside with a company logo. This is one of the gifts. And when I told him about it, he said, why? I said, I'll tell you why. Because every single person that owns a home in Australia will barbecue at some stage. I don't think, I don't think there's very many that won't. And guess what? When they go to the barbecue on the weekends and they pick up the company gifted barbecue set, which it has to be a decent one, so good giving them a cheap aspect. Um, yeah. Every time they have a barbecue, they'll feel gratitude to the company. And he said to me, wow, I never thought about it like that. And it's also a conversation starter. They're entertaining. They're like, oh, that's a nice set. Go, yeah, the company gave it to us. Correct. Brand-wise, you know, and if it's a B2C or even if they're, you know, B2B, you never know what could come from that. So, 100%. And, yeah. and that's exactly what you just said. Yeah. That That's what was achieved. So did I achieve a, a profitable outcome? Of course I did. Yeah, the staff right. thought it was brilliant. You know, they thought that that the owner had come up with with these ideas. So everyone walked away with smiles on their face, and I had the profitable outcome for my customer. Yeah, there you go. Um, so do you want to touch on responsiveness as well, kindness and giving? Okay, I kind of overlaps a little bit. I get that. Yeah, I, I, I suppose kindness and responsiveness, you know, in my kind of world is, you know, it costs nothing to be kind. It costs absolutely nothing. Um, but as I've got older, um, I've, I've kind of worked out, you know, that it's very important to be able to, to differentiate between people that want to take from you and give nothing in return and, and then the reciprocal people that you can associate with. Um, you know, when, you st- when we start out, we, we will embrace everything with everybody. And then all of a sudden you'll find that set of people that will, they don't give anything back to you. And I'm not talking about, you know, financially, I'm talking about in every aspect. All they'll be doing is taking, taking, taking. I've, I've differentiated who those people are now. So I know when I come across those kind of people, I'm very politely just move on. You know, you can move on quite easily. But the important thing is people, like to be made to feel special. We all human beings. We all like reinforcement that we could people. And if you can convey that to your customers, and if you can convey that to your network and your and your your community, uh, and you're doing it in an authentic and a genuine way, you have to build good relationships. It, it, you can't not. 
And, and that's a cornerstone of my values and principles is to be kind, to care, and to have empathy for others. Yeah, and because I know, so your, like, the outcomes first methodology is your yeah, point of difference, as you mentioned before, and you kind of covered a little bit about your approach and everything like that. I know before when we initially started talking, you talked about this bag example. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I thought it was yes. a really good example. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, so um, so I had this, this situation where um, a customer came to me and said, look, they've, you know, they've got this, con- they've got this contract that goes out to their, to the distributors every year, um, and they're thinking in terms of, you know, trying to do something different to try and, you know, get them all to sign up for the next year. Um, and so what I did was I proposed um, a, a picnic set. Bear in mind this was just in, in sort of coming out of COVID before this the last strain came along, you know. So, um, so what we did was we branded up this picnic as a beautiful picnic set, which inside we could put the, the contract document. And we sent these out individually to, to the distributors. And so the, the, the intention and the strategy, now this is, where the, this is where I was speaking about how important the strategy is. The strategy was that when somebody received the, the contract in years gone by, it arrived in an envelope, and they opened the envelope, and there it was, cold, hard fact. Sign this document and send it back to us. Send more money with us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what we did this time was we put, a, we put the picnic set on the outside. So when they received the, the parcel, they opened the parcel and they touched the picnic set. Good feeling. Somebody sent me a gift. They, in Their mind's set is now in a good space because they've touched this really nice gift. And then they unzip it. And inside is the contract. Now, what we found uh, is that those that opened the, and everyone opened it, when they took the contract out, they didn't have that, oh, there's a contract to sign here. The, in the front of their mind was this lovely gift that they got that now they could visualize themselves going on a picnic with their family. And the contract was absolutely secondary. They had a hundred percent success rate on signing those contracts. Amazing! What was their success rate before when it was just an envelope? I think it was a, it was just on about 80 percent odd. So and they, they had a reasonably good, but this over here converted into every single solitary person re-signed the contract for the following year. There you go, and that's basically because you listen to them going, "Oh, what do you want the outcome?" Have a good feeling when they get the contract, rather than this feeling of, "Oh, this again." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, what? What is it?" Uh, you kind of say, "Oh, okay, what brings good feelings?" Well, picnics, being outside, you know, uh, with family, and then you kind of create that emotion in a gift. Yeah, and also you see, so therein exactly what you say, you know, it, it, it typifies how important. So at the end of last year, um, I, I proposed these picnic sets to a whole lot of my customers as Christmas gifts. And they all said to me, why picnic sets? Why are you, why are you jumping on the bandwagon with picnic sets? And my answer to them was, people after COVID want to get out. <laughs> get out of the house. <laughs> that, that, and, and picnics is the, is the most natural way to get out and take your family out 
and you know get outdoors and for us christmas time is summertime so it's beautiful Correct. weather to get out and about if you know people got time off and that's pretty much what they're doing yeah and the answer the answer to what i'm saying is that i think i did about six different customers with picnic sets and everyone came back with the same feedback people were thrilled to receive a picnic set specifically knowing that they would use it and there's the outcome. Love it, love it. And so why is the customer experience so important? I know you've got a couple of points you want to cover in regards to that, like about loyalty and referrals. Can you delve into that a little bit? Absolutely. So, so you know, my, my, my methodology of doing business is that if you have a happy and satisfied customer, you've literally got a customer for life, if you treat them properly, but far more importantly, they will tell other people of the experience that they've had. So I've I've drummed into my support team and my, my staff that the most important aspect of our business is customer experience and the customer journey. It is the key focus of this business. And that is that customers have as good experience as possible because that's what brings customers back when they've had a good experience. Now, don't get me wrong. We also have, um, you know, mishaps and failures in our business of, you know, of orders with customers, um, things that don't turn up on time because the courier lost it. Uh, we also have that. But here's the important aspect. Judge me and my business on what we do when things go wrong, don't only judge me on when things go right. I really agree. I was going to say, yeah, very important. Because when things go right, there's nothing to complain about. When things go wrong, then judge me on how I respond to that. And one of the things that, I, that I'm, you know, I'm very, very, very strong on and in my belief is that when there's a problem, I have, a, I have a terminology um, that I use, um, and I'm going to share it with you, and that is um, bad news is manageable. No news is unmanageable. So if you've got bad news, tell your customer. Speak to them. Try and work out a solution. Try and work out an alternative, a plan B. And the sooner, the better. When you don't communicate, when you don't bring any news to your customer, they've got nothing to manage. And that's where the frustration comes, is when you keep them in the dark and you say to someone, stay in that dark room and find the door. You know, see where the light switch is, but you can't see anything because it's all black. So bad news is manageable and no news is unmanageable. And I live by that many, many times, many, many times I have had, um, you know, delivery disasters and I've seen it coming and I've picked up the phone to my customer and I've said, potentially this could happen. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, what is there something that we can do, you know, to prevent this? I don't say it will happen. And strangely enough, um, in I think it was November last year. Um, 
I had an order for a particular event. We had like six different items for the event, and one of them was a was a was a, a bar mat that fitted on the on the on the tables. Um, and three days before, the courier lost the, the shipment, and I called my customer. I said, "Look, potentially this is what has happened. Um, everything else was delivered." Um, anyway, to cut a long story short, it never turned up. It was we couldn't find it. Um, right the way up until the event, I kept my customer informed the whole way. The event came and went, uh, and it hadn't arrived. Um, it arrived a week after the event. I called my customer up and I said, "Here's what has happened. Um, I would like to give you these the, these these bar mats, complimentary." And, and the, my customer said to me, um, he said, you know, you, you handled this so well and you, you, you kept me so well informed that when it never turned up, I wasn't disappointed. There you go. Because you manage expectations, right? Correct. So you, you said this is probably going to happen. What are we going to do? Um, and then the fact that you were willing to make it free, it's kind of like, well, it's, it's it's really yeah nice that you were really thinking about them and how inconvenient it was, even though it was out of your hands, you know. And, and actually, the, the end result was that when I gave it to them um, for free, I paid my supplier for it because they'd made it. My supplier said to me, you know, I'll, I'll work out. I said, no, no, you made it. You pay, you, you manufactured it. I'll pay for it. But here's, here's what happened was that um, my customer said to me, I will use it at my next event. So not only did, did I fail by bringing it to the first event, but I managed to keep him happy to such a point that he, he conveyed to me how happy he was that I kept him informed and that he, he knew in his own mind by managing that expectation, he, in his own mind, he knew that it wasn't going to be there. And he, he worked around because there were other options. Yeah, it's the surprises like that. That kind of makes people a bit upset. Like, you know, oh, what do you mean it's not showing up today? Oh, well, what? You know, it's because you, you knew exactly what was happening. It just relieved that stress going, all right, I understand. I can deal with that. Move on to the next thing. It's not a you know game changer. 100%. Yeah. Love it. Uh, it's real. And, look, I'm thinking as well about, you know, negative reviews and I, a lot of people are, freak out about them and go, oh, I want to get it taken down. But I look like my first job out of uni was working at a telesales uh, company, True Local. So just as they were introducing reviews and ratings and reviews and everyone was freaking out about it and we would basically talk to say, look, if you respond to a negative one and say, hey, I'm sorry this happened, here's my phone number, let's deal with it, blah, blah, it's for anyone else looking at it, it's going to look like you're managing it cool, they care. And for that person, if they see it, maybe they're just having a rant. Maybe if they're actually serious about solving it, they'll be in touch and it's all, you know, win-win for everyone. So right. it's all about how you, if you freak out and want you bury, and bury your head in the sand about it, then that's where it can actually, you know, bite you in the bum. But you never know. If you go, oh, look, apologize for this, blah, blah, and give it free. For all you know, at his next event, he'll invest even more in you, you know, with you than he would have otherwise. You just don't know because he had that, that positive feeling. Absolutely. Um, I, I would say that, you know, that I, I will say to, you know, to people, if you're happy with, with what I do, tell everybody else. Yeah. If you're not happy, tell me so I can do something about it. 
Yeah. Tell everyone, yeah, tell everyone else they can't do anything about it. They can just go, I'll avoid it and not really understand why. It could have been a one-off thing. Yeah. Um, the reason that I say that is because it's when 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 things go well, you want your customers to tell everybody. When things don't go well, you want an opportunity to fix it. Yeah, 100% agree. And so I wanted to also touch upon, because I know, um, look, obviously you get a lot of new customers through referrals, but I know you're a big fan of Clubhouse, which up until our recent chat, I didn't even realize I could access on Android. I kind of, when it initially came out, I'm like, oh, I'm an Android user, I can't do it, and just kind of forgot about it, to be honest. But I believe it's helped you a lot. So I'd love to hear how it's helped you grow your business and how could it potentially help our listeners? Absolutely. So. Um, I can probably use this as a good example. Is um, I joined on I joined Clubhouse um, beginning of last year, so I've literally just completed a year on Clubhouse. Um, I, I want to say that that social audio is is probably the most powerful relationship building and networking that I've ever experienced in my life. I'm pretty pretty committed and pretty involved in, in in my social media strategy, but Clubhouse was an absolute eye opener. Uh, and I'll give you an example of what I'm what I mean by that is, um, I'm a I'm a pretty regular uh, LinkedIn contributor. Um, I I spend time every single day posting. I spend time every single day engaging in other people's posts. Um, and through the years. The strategy that I've employed is that if I want to get in front of a you know particular person, then I will follow their you know I'll I'll engage in their posts I'll you know I'll I'll show them that I'm interested in them, and then hope I can get in front of them. Well, Clubhouse turned that on its head because not only were there people that I struggled to get in front of in LinkedIn, but I was now in a room talking about you know, topics with them. And all of a sudden, the doors fly open for engaging. Because when somebody hears your voice, they can hear whether you're aggressive or not. They can hear whether you're empathetic or not. They can hear whether you're caring or not. And they can hear whether you are engaging or not. And that, for me, has been the success um, of Clubhouse, is it's elevated my stature um, as um, as an engagement strategist to the level where I'm converting customers that are that are coming through the front door and saying, "We heard you on Clubhouse. You are the kind of person that we would like to be doing business with." Wow! And and for me, that's the first prize. That's amazing. So, okay, I'm I'm very like naive when it comes to Clubhouse. But have you basically you set up your own little groups? Like, have you set up groups, or have you just kind of joined just uh, like certain groups that have your target market? What did you do, or have you done? Well, so um, I, I formed my own little club, and I also belong to um, a club on 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 Clubhouse called Thought Leadership Branding Club. Mm. Um, it's got over twenty two and a half thousand members. Um, and what happens is that it's a whole community. Um, they have a they have a, a set of of lead moderators. Um, 
I was very fortunate to be asked to join their leadership team. Um, and through that community, it's exposed me to a lot of different people that I had no communication with before. So once people start to see you engaging on Clubhouse, when you're moderating rooms and you're sharing insights and they can see the giving aspect of what you do, um, they start to say, that's the kind of person that I want to be you know, engaging with and, and taking it to the next level. That's the type of person that I want to use when I'm doing my marketing and branding. And that's how I position myself on Clubhouse. I, I say, this is what I do. I use LinkedIn as a means to show what I do and build this relationship and trust in such a way that when people ask themselves, I need to be doing branding in my company, they say, that's the person that I need to be talking to. That's literally in a nutshell how valuable it is to me and my business. Brilliant, because I want to, yeah, I've got to look into it. Because, you know, I've had the podcast, right, and I, I love doing webinars and people say they love my energy and I've often had people saying, I want to work with you because, yeah, I, I love how you, uh, I guess, I approach things, positivity, and also I cover, you know, mindset and a lot more than just writing and everything like that. So I think I'd, I really enjoy it, but I'm wondering if it's another little rabbit hole I'll put myself in. It might be a more of a productive one than just um, showing up on LinkedIn, which is what I'm doing at the moment. So. I want to well, give it why, a go. Well, let me let me throw a challenge up to you. Okay, go on. <laughs> why do, why don't we why don't we run a room together? Oh, okay, yeah. I, I'm a, you know I've been doing this for a year, so I'm reasonably uh, well averse with it. Um, I'm reasonably... under your wing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, I have done this for a number of people actually, um, and this is not to say what a wonderful guy I am, but what I'm trying to you know what I'm trying to sort of convey is that. When you when you take somebody and you help them with that kind of you know uh, sort of learning curve, then what happens is you know is that you 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 create so much goodwill and so much of a of a foundation for a good relationship that down the track, when you know when when you need to be engaging with someone on a business level, you say that's the kind of person that I can be associated with. Because he helped me with this and this and this, and um, and if I can maybe just qualify this, that you know the people that I have assisted and helped with on Clubhouse and in LinkedIn, I have no expectation of anything in return. Because this is really important. It's all very well to give, but if you have an expectation of what you're going to receive for it, you're missing the most important aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for that. Yes, yeah, so we'll take it offline. I love to know how it all works. So at the moment, I've, I sign up after our initial chat and I've gotten a couple of alerts. I have no idea what I'm doing. So we'll chat. Okay, <laughs> um, so to wrap things up, I always ask my guests this, and it's how do you look after your health and wellness, right? Well, um, I'm not going to tell you my age, but I'm going to tell you that um, uh, I am a senior citizen. So that'll give half of it away. <laughs> but um, this is really, really important in my world, health and well-being. So what I do is um, I go for a walk literally every single morning. Um, I live uh, about seven minutes from Bondi Beach. I walk down to the beach. Um, as I walk down um, onto, the, onto the pavilion, 
on, in other words, onto the walkway. Um, when I look at the ocean, every single time I walk down there, I say, you know, look upstairs and I say, thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for um, allowing me to walk here, to see the sea, to hear the sea, and to be walking. Um, and so I'm very mindful of that. A healthy mind and a body allows you to be more productive, to be more um, alert, and far more important to be very healthy. So I watch what I eat, and I love food, don't get me wrong. I love sh you know, sugars and uh, all the beautiful, nice things, but I'm very, very disciplined about watching my weight, um, how um, my, my, my fitness is, because a healthy mind and a healthy body allows you to be able to be far more productive and far more alert. So I'm extremely, extremely aware of how important it is. And the last aspect that I wanted to just add in is that if you don't look after your own health and mental well-being, you are not equipped to help other people. Yeah, I love that. The whole oxygen mask on yourself first. Um, and, and, yeah, it's so easy to go, oh, give, 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 and then you experience that burnout. And, I, look, I've, I've got in the habit of getting up extra early or I'm in 5.30. Some people are like, what? For me, no matter how much sleep I get, 5.30, I'm awake. Um, my eyes open. I'm pretty much good to go. And I've got in the habit of going for, yeah, run like three days a week and, I come back and I start actually doing my stretches out on the back patio. So I'm outside stretching the fresh air, looking at the garden instead of in the you know living room, just at furniture and whatever, with a you know artificial light on and all that. And I'm loving it. And I just it sets me up for the whole day. Um so yeah, it just puts me in a good mindset. I've done something for me. If I if I went to the end of the day, it just wouldn't happen. Because if I do it in the morning when no one else is awake yet. It's so much easier to focus on me. I tick that off, going, yep, I'm good to go now. Um, so I love that. I love, yeah, the beach. I can just imagine that, the feeling of gratitude and the ocean smells and just, just beautiful. Uh, and so how can people connect with you, apart from Cockhouse? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, uh, I'm reasonably active on, 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 on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Clubhouse is, is a, um, you know, I'm very active on that. So I'm literally across all the social media platforms. Twitter, I'm sort of, you know, I'm not that, uh, I'm not that, you know, active, but I, I, I have a presence. Um, so that's, that's where people will find me. Um, that's where, um, you know, I like to use my, my energy out of working hours and sometimes in working hours, but, um, across the social media platforms, um, LinkedIn is probably my, my, my best space. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of the fact that LinkedIn is, has introduced um, a new um, LinkedIn audio uh, platform. Um, it's just come out and they're in the beta phase, which is planning and testing phase. And the beauty of, of, um, of LinkedIn audio compared to Clubhouse, Clubhouse is super, don't get me wrong. But the beauty with LinkedIn audio is when you have people in the room and you click on and you click on their on their face, in other words, their, their, their image, the picture, it takes you to their profile. 
Ooh, that's gonna be really good. Oh, wow. I love that. There's a game changer. I want to play around with it. Um, so yeah, I'm a big LinkedIn fan. Uh, so, 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 on, so on Saturday, um, one of my friends from um, New Zealand, um, Mamita, uh, that, that was given one of the the access as a as a um, as a tester. She, she we ran. She she was the host, and she invited two Australians and three she, her and two New Zealanders and two Australians to run the first ever. A LinkedIn audio for Australia and New Zealand. I was part of it. Oh, so cool. You had a first here, everyone. That's oh, that's amazing. And so it was a fun experience. That, um... Absolutely brilliant. And if you have a look at one of my LinkedIn posts, I think it was on Friday or Saturday, you'll find that that post around the LinkedIn order. And that is the future of social engagement. Love it. Because I'm a I'm a big fan of doing the audio um, messages on LinkedIn or Messenger. Like quite often, occasionally I'll type, um, but most of the time I leave a message. And especially after making a new connection with someone, I leave that voice message. And uh, so I think, yeah, I think I'll, I'll really get into it. So I, I want to be a better tester or I'll, I'll, at least, yeah. Well, un- unfortunately, Probably. we don't get a choice. But um, I know you don't. As, I know it's as, random. As soon as it comes about, um, yeah. I can promise you this is the, this is the, this is the real deal. I, and while we're talking about that, yeah. I mean, when I connected with you on LinkedIn, you may remember I sent you a video message. Yeah. And that's is is so much more powerful sending video messages and voice messages than sending a text to say thank you for connecting. Yeah, oh, 100%. I had that once, yeah, I sent a video, uh, sorry, a voice message to someone and then he went up to me and sent me a video back. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> But yeah, it just it is creating that human element to the whole experience rather than just because all the time you could have bots or whatever doing it or, or VAs who are separated Absolutely. from you. But this really makes that connection. It's all that's what it's all about, right? Um, but yeah, thank you so much for today's chat. I've really enjoyed it. Lots of gold nuggets. I'll get little lots of clips made up for the socials. Uh, brilliant. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes to the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating or review and grab a screenshot of this episode and share it across your socials. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and let me know you're a fan of the show. You can also find me on Instagram under Leanne Shelton 247 or book in a free 15 minute chat because I'd absolutely love to chat about how I can help you grow a thriving health and wellness business. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.